This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. That's why Zechariah says it is not by my, it is not by power. It is by my spirit. We got to get it. It's got to go deep. You got to figure out. We all do. We all have to figure out that we can't do it. You didn't hear me. We all have to figure out that we can't do it on our own. Your children aren't going to come to Jesus by you just yelling at them. That helps. My mom yelled at us. But ultimately the Holy Ghost has to do it. He's got to get a hold of them up there in their frat house. He's got to show them that girl's bad news. It's the Holy Ghost. He's got to do it. Now, the Father, listen, the Father is seated in heaven. The Father is not seated on the earth. He's in heaven. Look what the Bible says in John 20, verse 17. Jesus said to her, speaking of Mary, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending, say ascending, to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Well, for Jesus to have to ascend to get to him, it's because he's not here. Daniel 7, verse 9. Daniel 7, verse 9. Take a hard right. You'll get there soon. Let me, let me read this to you. How many of you are there? Because I want you to see it. I'm not going to rush through this. This is, this is vital. Daniel 7, verse 9. I watched. Are you listening? Okay. Don't miss it. I watched till thrones were put in place. And the Ancient of Days. That's, that's the Father was seated, his garment was washed white as snow, and hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame. My God. Its wheels a burning fire. The throne of God is a fiery flame. And it has wheels on it that are also fire. (laughs) God is fire. So the Ancient of Days is seated in heaven. And the Bible says that the earth is his footstool. And the Bible also says that he holds the winds in his fist. Now though they are one, the Father is not the Son. But they are. Don't try to figure it out. But they have separate hearts, separate wills. We know that because Jesus in Gethsemane said... Not my, but thy. The Father is mighty. And he's seated in heaven. Now where's the Son? Acts 7, 55. Acts 7, verse 55. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, speaking of Stephen before he died, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God. Say the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Now he could not see the the form of the Father. He could only describe it by saying, I saw the glory of God. 
Because scripture teaches us that we, we can't see him and live. But he saw the glory of God and Jesus seated where? At his right hand. So the Father is in heaven and so is Jesus. Matthew 26 verse 64. I can already hear some of your thoughts. Oh, I thought Jesus is here and he's in my heart. Let me get there. Matthew 26, 64. Jesus said to him, It is as you said. Nevertheless, I say to you, Hereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Jesus has been seated at the right hand of the Father because he obeyed the Father. So he's been given the seat of honor at the right hand of the Father. I, I, anytime you have an encounter with the Lord and the right side is highlighted, it's a good side to be highlighted. And it speaks of the power of God and the favor of God. I remember when I would first start ministering to the sick, uh, when real stuff started breaking out, my left hand would start to just burn. I couldn't figure it out. Why? Why my left? I thought it was right. And the Lord said, it's because I'm holding your hand in my, le- in my, in my right hand. You're on the right side. And I would literally feel his power come. Because if he's holding my left, that means he's got it in his right. Make sense? The Holy Spirit had to teach me that. And I learned that. So anytime you see the right hand highlighted, it's, 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 it's blessing, authority, and power and favor. And that's where Jesus is seated. Now, Jesus is not sitting in Lake Mary in the community center. He is seated on high in heaven. But I thought he was here. He is by the Spirit. He is by the Spirit. So, the only member of the Godhead who is ministering here on earth. Now, again, they do nothing separately. I want to reiterate that. But the one who is ministering on earth is the Holy Spirit. So we need to know him. Look look at the... Let me just... I'll begin reading to you. John... John 14. Let's go there. You know, and as we're reading, just ask the Lord. Say, Lord, I want to know you, Holy Spirit. Sorry. John 14. Verse 26, listen to this. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you in all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, and my peace I give to you. How does the Lord leave his peace with us? By the Spirit. Let me read you the words of the Lord here. It's amazing. And I will pray the Father and He will give you another helper that He may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him. Does that make sense? Let's think about that for a moment. How could Jesus say to the disciples who were not born again, you know the Holy Spirit? They weren't born again yet. I'll tell you why. Because he was on Jesus. And they could sense his presence. And he's saying, you know him. You may not know you know him, but everything you've been watching has been coming through him. And everything I've been saying has been flowing from the Father through him out of my mouth. 
So he's saying the world cannot know him. Do you know why? Because the Holy Spirit, fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, is only for the church. Say, thank you, Jesus. That's why he's called the Holy Spirit. He's not the worldly spirit. He is the Holy Spirit. Someone said he's not the the Hollywood Spirit. He's the Holy Spirit. Though the Lord's rocking Hollywood, and I love to see it. Now, I will not leave you an orphan, the Lord said. I will come to you. But listen, the Lord is saying, i got to come down here. The Lord is saying, I'm going away, but I'm coming to you. That makes no sense in the natural. It's better that I leave, but I'm coming. You know, like if, if you were leaving your house in the morning, Mr. Cologne, and you said, all right, I'm leaving, but I'm coming. Like, what? Makes no sense. But the Lord said, another comforter is coming. And that word another means exactly the same. The Greek word does not mean different. It means he's just like me. So don't worry, he's saying, I know you love me. I know it's been great hanging out with me. I know I've changed your life. I know I have the words of life, like Peter said. Where else can we go, Lord? You have the words of eternal life. I know the sick are healed like crazy, and it's wonderful, and I know I provide for you, and it's awesome, but I'm leaving. But don't worry, somebody just like me is coming. He's just like me. So you can picture it this way. He is the Spirit of the Lord. What does that mean? He's like Jesus with no body. So he's not limited as Jesus was, as Jesus was while on earth. Why do you think Jesus had to go get to Lazarus? Why do you think he had to speak the word to the Syrophoenician woman's daughter? He had to do something in order for there to be breakthrough. It always required that. It still does today. But the reality is this. That we are unlimited in a way as the body because of the Holy Spirit. In the Old Covenant, if you wanted to find God, you had to get to the tabernacle. You had to get to the Jews. They were the people of the covenant. But now, the church is filled with the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that came upon Jesus at the Jordan. Man, you've got to get that. You've got to get that. It's the same Spirit. Your kids, as my mom used to say, do not have a junior Holy Spirit. He doesn't, you know, there aren't versions of the Spirit. He's just the Holy Spirit. And so the Lord said, I'm sending another comforter. And then he says, I will not leave you as an orphan. Wow. He said, listen, I'm going away and I'm going to be seated. But you're not an orphan. Say, thank you, Jesus. You know, most of the times when, the belo- when a beloved parent leaves... Leaves you, you're an orphan. But when Jesus ascended, he said, don't worry, I won't leave you. I'm sending another comforter. And so this is how you understand the love of the Father. Listen to me. By the Holy Spirit. You will never experience what it is to be a son or a daughter outside of meeting the Holy Spirit. I will not leave you as an orphan. Another comforter is coming. So 
we feel and know that we belong because we experience the Holy Spirit. That's where it began for us. That's where it all began for me. I, I remember being 12 years old, walking into OCC, being undone. I felt like I'd walked into heaven. And, and at some point when I gave my life to Jesus that night, it was like the atmosphere went into me. Now all I knew is that these people are very happy. These people are so nice. They're telling you they love you. I remember the usher, Jimmy. I remember Jimmy the usher, the guy from Jamaica. I think it was Jamaica. And he was just always smiling and seating. I thought, man, people in our church are always so sad. I hated going to church. Couldn't stand it. It was horrible. Couldn't cross your legs. Couldn't chew gum. Couldn't do this. Couldn't do that. Oh, it was the worst. We couldn't wait to get out of there. Now these people are so happy. What is this? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. Because, I'll tell you why. The kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy. Guess where it's at? In the Holy Ghost. So all we need, righteousness, we need righteousness before God. We have that by the blood. We need peace in our hearts and peace with God. We have that by the blood. Guess what? We need joy. Now, if any of you have been through hell and back ever in your life, or gone through something, or the enemy got loud in a season and hit you, and you've gone through depression, or whatever. God, let me, let me say this. God cares about you. He loves you. He loves you. He's for you. But all of you know something. Joy is valuable. Joy is valuable. I'll, you know, some people have an issue with people laughing in church. Why is it okay to cry and not laugh? I, I know a lot of people who need a nice dose of joy. I hope it happens to me today and you. But, but that's all found in a realm called Holy Spirit. So it's found in the Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy. It's all by the Spirit. And that's what these people had. And I couldn't believe it. And I remember the air felt different. I remember the carpet was just so clean. And the choir members would walk out smiling, you know. And... Yeah, they had robes on, and I know that's out of style today, but they had glory on them. They had, I know, I know this, a lot of the stuff looks cooler today, but there's no glory on a lot of it. There was glory on that. I don't care if I have to play the bongos if there's glory on it. It doesn't matter. If Jesus is, if the Holy Ghost is anointing it, that's what we want. And they walked out, and they were just all smiling, and Bruce Hughes would hit the keys, and it was something would well up in you, and everyone would jump up out of their seats and lift their hands, and next thing you know, the service was over five hours later. It was. And you know what? You didn't want it to be over. And you'd feel just waves of presence and waves of glory coming in. Waves of joy and waves of freedom. We weren't there for the miracles. The miracles were this much. They were awesome. But the miracles were this much of the experience. It was the presence of God. It was the presence. Let me tell you something. What brings somebody who is saved and is not sick into a meeting? The presence. It's the presence In a Billy Graham crusade, do you think 70% are lost there? No. 80% are saved. There might be 20 who are lost. What's bringing the people? The presence of God. And so I remember everything was just different. The minute you cross the threshold, it's like you were in another world. That world is the Holy Spirit. It's a different world. It's a beautiful place to be. How many of you just want that again in your life? I mean... Who wants to be normal? Normal is so boring. Normal's horrendous. It's just, it's so boring. You know? 
you want to be normal, just go sit over there at Heathrow and play cards on Fridays and take that little bike trail with your bike and go do their little routine at Starbucks. That's normal. That's all boring. Now, if you want to see the kingdom come, you need the Holy Ghost. I mean, totally inebriated, totally intoxicated, constantly looking unto Jesus. No matter what's going on around you, you're something welling up within you. It takes the Holy Spirit. And then at some point, the moment I said yes to Jesus, everything that was out there came inside. Because I remember leaving saying, I don't want this to end. Can it stay with me? In the car right on the way home, can I take it into my bedroom? And then I discovered, man, it's inside of me. He is living in me. He is living in me. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. So, He is the member of the Godhead who is at work on the earth. Now, give me five more minutes. Listen to what the Lord says. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father, listen, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Say all things. Man, that excites me. All things. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. John 15, 26. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. So it's the Holy Spirit who creates this Jesus movement. Are you with me? It is the Holy Spirit who births a Jesus movement in your heart and ultimately in a region. How many of you have ever been somewhere and uh, you didn't even know that you knew the verse, but you were reminded of something Jesus said when you needed that? Huh? How many of you really aren't good at chapter and verse, but you have the word in you? Yeah, that's like me. I know the word, but I, I have to really meditate on the word to tell you what chapter and verse it's in. That's just the way I'm wired but not when the Holy Ghost comes on me. He reminds me of the words of Jesus. And you need that. And we, I need that, don't you? Okay, and guess what he shares with you? All things. Man, I'm going to say that again. Guess what he shares with you? All things. He'll tell you as much as you want to know if you'll just get with him. If you, I mean, he'll teach you stuff that you didn't even thought, you didn't even think you cared about. He knows everything, and he proceeds from the Father in the name of Jesus. Now that's very important. Let me tell you why. The Holy Spirit will come and say, "Hey, Hagen, don't do it now. Hagen, worship Jesus for a moment." And Hagen's like. I can't. I'm eating okra that my mom sent down. I can't. I'm eating okra and I'm eating soul food from Georgia. And I, I, I can't do it. And the Holy Spirit says, well, you should. You don't know what you're missing. 
And then Hagen says, fine. And he goes and yields his body and he starts whispering, Jesus. See, the Holy Spirit births that, but he's so good. He's not only the one who initiates it, but he's also the one who comes when you obey. I mean, how can we take credit for anything? From him, to him, and through him are all things. And we get the reward out of it. Just not fair to God. But he loves us that much. So, when you magnify the name of Jesus, because he comes in his name, he comes in greater glory and greater measure. That's the work of the Spirit. He, he leads us to Jesus. He fills us when we come to Jesus. And then he turns our hearts back towards Jesus. And all of it flows from the Father. And Jesus ultimately says, this is the Father. And guess what happens when you get to the Father? He said, man, have you ever taken a look at my wonderful son? He's just amazing. Perfect. Have a look at Jesus. And then you have a look at Jesus. And Jesus says, you know, would you like to experience more of me? Yes, I would. Help me out, Higgins. Yes, I would. You need to get to know the Holy Spirit. And you meet the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit starts screaming something. He brings you over to him. Whispers in your ear. I have something to tell you. What is it? Jesus. You said, well, I already heard that. I know. Because that's all that matters. Jesus. And then you get close to Jesus. You come straight to his face. And he's speaking to you. And starts breathing into you. More spirit. You become more full. And all of a sudden, everything that held you begins to go away starts to fall off. And guess what's happening? You're becoming spirit. Because Jesus said, they that worship me must worship in spirit and in... So at the same time, you're becoming spirit and truth internally. And worship is birthed. And guess what happens when you worship Jesus more? Spirit comes. And then you get caught up in this tornado of the Holy Spirit. And you don't know what to do, but just be with Him. And you start talking to Him. And you say things like, Holy Spirit, where are you here? Did you know the Holy Spirit is the Lord? I'm going to say that again. I want to get your mind off when you see, think the Lord, just thinking of an old man with a white beard. The Bible says now the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now the Lord is that Spirit. You know what else that tells me? The Holy Spirit can tell me what to do. And then He'll start communing with you. I don't have time. But He'll start communing with you to such a degree that you'll, be able, you'll begin saying things like the Apostle said. Listen, listen to this. It seemed right to the Spirit and to us. <laughs> you, you begin vetting things and talking to the Spirit. How do you feel about that? He says, I feel good about that, Michael. Me too, Lord. Well, when that happens, it's a good idea to go with it. But what's happening there? Their wills are merging in such an amazing way that their wills are actually saying, that seems right to me. And the Holy Spirit saying, that seems right to me. That means they're becoming more spiritual. When what you want lines up with what God wants, you know your mind is being renewed. Something's happening to you. And that is the place of freedom from sin. 
That's where you step into this passage. If my words abide in you and you abide in me, anything you ask in my name, I'll do it. So it's not like you're driving down Lake Mary Boulevard and some guy blows by you in a, in a, in a Bentley. I, I will have that in four days. That's not what I'm talking about. If God gives it to you, it's wonderful. Drop it off at the studio. We'd love to have it. We'll sell it and go preach the gospel. So, it will happen in Jesus' name. But the point is this. When the words of Jesus abide in you, what seems right to the Spirit starts seeming right to you. But the point is to have this dialogue with Him that you can actually say, does it seem right to you? Yes. That's where we got to get where communion is so real, where there's contact and touch and speaking, we got to get there. And we can. And it can start today. There is, no, there is no formula. There is no process. There is no small group. There is no discipleship curriculum that can do it. Let me tell you how simple it is. It's a childlike heart. You just have to say, why don't you do it now? Just close your eyes. those keys up there, Hagen. A little more, buddy. Good. You just have to say, Holy Spirit, I want to know you. Just close your eyes. Say, Holy Spirit, I want to know you. I want to speak to you. support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.